Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and two films up for review this week. First up is Megan, which if you had told me that was going to be my first film of the year, I would have laughed in your face. And the other one is A Man Called Otto starring Tom Hanks. If you had told me that Megan was going to end up being my first film of 2023, I would have laughed at you, but somehow it ended up taking that spot and here we are, new year, new me, question mark? I am not a horror movie person. I am not a possessed toy slash doll person for sure. I will acknowledge that Megan is an android and therefore isn't a possessed toy, but I still, you know, it falls into that Chucky territory, which I've never seen because I think it would prevent me from sleeping for months. So this is not my genre of choice, but everyone kept talking about the movie and I was just like, I think I have to go see it for myself. I didn't dislike it. Uh, You know, again, I, I think... The reason that everyone has been talking about it is because, and horror as a genre does this a lot, plays with that line between camp and absolutely terrifying. This falls more into the campy territory, which is why I think I was able to palette it and enjoy it. Allison Williams plays a programmer and a roboticist, which was probably the most fictional thing about this movie, aside from the killer child doll coming to life. Not not to discredit Allison Williams' uh, uh, intelligence, but the way that she performs it feels so stilted, and I cannot tell if this was intentionally, uh, you know, she was asked and directed to do it this way, or she's just like, I'm getting my paycheck, let's get out of here. This is a movie about a possessed doll robot thing. But Allison Williams uh, plays this roboticist slash programmer who creates a doll uh, companion for her niece. You've got uh, Violet McGraw as the niece. You've got Ronnie Chang, who was a fun, pleasant surprise uh, casting there in it. And then you've got Megan, who I think is a combination of like a human child actor and then this weird, creepy, you know, super smooth face. The logic of this movie is limited at best. I think they tried their damnedest to put some sort of, you know, just throw a bunch of tech phrases at it and and explain why some of the things happened. And, you know, as as someone who's tangentially involved in the tech world, I was like, this is close enough. You know, the mumbo jumbo is is acceptable or you've presented it in a way that I, I, the whole point of this movie is suspension of disbelief. So I'm there with you. It's not a long film, but it did sometimes, I was like, we could get to the crux of the murder doll part faster, I think. I I think they were trying to find that balance between sort of general appeal outside of genre folks and the tropes of the genre. And But either way, um, you know, an hour and 42 minutes and it it breezes relatively long, but there are some points where I was like, okay, we get it, the doll is a psychopath. So anyway, doll, you know, becomes self-aware, self-possessed, takes matters into their own hands in trying to, quote, protect the girl it's been paired with. Um, There are just some moments that are just so out of the blue that I almost wish they had pushed further. And again, I think the thing I enjoyed about this movie is I cannot tell if this was intentionally, the points that were intentionally meant to be campy and the points that were uh, you know, in in the way that The Room was originally billed as a serious film and then suddenly it's become this cult comedy classic and they're like, yeah, 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 it's cult comedy classic. I get the sense that they actually knew what they were doing and were going for the the camp factor of it, but I give them credit for the, the question mark because I think if we, if they'd gone too far into that style and pulled it off poorly people would have seen right through it and rejected the film and be like oh you're trying too hard to be memeable basically this movie is a walking meme but I think they pull off that fine line between self-awareness and also just creating these super bizarre moments that are are 
undeniably stuck in your brain because they stand out so strangely from the rest of the film. Uh, I'm trying to dance around what they are, but if you've gone on the internet and seen reactions to, you'll you'll see what some of them are. And out of context or in context, they make no sense, which is kind of great. There's also this one. This is not a spoiler, but there's one like very dramatic. Uh, monologue-y scene. I mean, it is a mild spoiler. I'm not going to talk about what the scene is about, but there's a monologue-y scene with the, the Megan the robot, and, and she's doing this, you know, capital A acting performance, but it's this androidy face that doesn't emote, and it's just so funny that the cognitive dissonance there is... Well, so I understand why people liked this movie. I think... I wish I'd seen it with a crowd that was, like, more into it, because I think that is the joy of uh, uh, movies and shared experiences, and, and particularly that's what horror does really well, is that you know, you laugh, especially in a movie like this, you laugh and you get scared and you feed off each other's energy. So my crowd not was not feeling that. But I think if you go to a theater and see it with the right group, this could be a really fun experience. Uh, if you are like me and don't particularly like horror and being scared, it's it's very predictable, you know, as a lot of horror genre or scary, you know, whatever you want to call this film, uh, uh, movies are. So you you can they kind of telegraph when something bad's about to happen as most films do so you you know you could be like me and close your eyes and ears for a second but I do think it's actually navigable from that standpoint but the question is whether or not you want to push yourself to see it I think if your curiosity has been piqued but you have been holding out because of that you can actually probably go ahead and see it if you've already seen it congrats I bet you had a great time and if you have no interest in it I'm not going to push you and be like yeah this is the film that you know, this this is like get out where you have to go see it and, and it's it's really good at sensationalized things. No, it's just gonna you're missing you're gonna miss out on the context of a couple ridiculous internet memes for a bit. I am expecting a sequel out of this franchise because it did very well financially. I would not be surprised if this is the last we saw of this format, at least. I personally am gonna give this a three point six out of five. I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The other film I have this week is A Man Called Otto, and it is based on a film called A Man Called Ove, which is based on a book of the same name. So it's an adaptation of an adaptation of an adaptation, which is already not a great sign. It stars Tom Hanks as Otto Anderson, who's the grumpiest man in the world, and he's basically a man Karen and lives in this little neighborhood and, you know, was on his HOA or whatever and, and yells at people about the grass and the keeping to the rules and paint colors and all that sort of ridiculous stuff, which the problem is when you cast Tom Hanks as this, who is this unabashedly warm personality that we've all decided is like Papa Tom to all of us. He doesn't disappear into roles for me. And in order to disappear and, and know that this character, and if you've seen the trailers, you know this character is going to go on a journey of softening and warming and blah, blah, blah. When you already cast Tom Hanks, that journey is going to be much shorter because we all just are like, oh, we know where this is going. I would love to see a movie where Tom Hanks' character just, well, I can't believe I'm going to mention this movie because I'm not a fan of it, but like, the Elvis movie, he is unrepentant, but he's playing a real-life character. And, and even then, I was like, meh. But, you know, I would love to see a movie where he gets meaner or something like that, as opposed to the very cliche, obvious way that this is going to go out, where, oh, wow, shocking, a neighbor moves in and, and warms his heart, who I got to give credit to the actress who plays this neighbor, uh, Mariana Trevino. She is... Very, she, I think her character could be very annoying in another actor's hands because she is unrelentingly cheerful and, you know, kind of pesters him into coming out of his shell. And, and uh, I think the thing that they changed about this version that uh, the, the, I want to say Swedish version, uh, is that, you know, she is an immigrant or 
you know, she's bilingual and comes from a different culture as opposed to the homogeny of, let's say, Sweden or somewhere in the Nords. But uh, so there's that additional factor. And, and it could have been a very cliche like, oh, look at this, like a spicy person of color comes in and like shakes up his world. But thankfully, I think this film did a decent job of balancing the introduction of characters of color and not making it inherently about that there is some of the culture aspect to it but they're not like oh my god it's because effectively like she's a latina lady so i give credit where credit is due but i think this film relies way too much on the you know formulaic heartstring tugging that comes with some of the territory it treads over versus the performance is actually evoking emotion out of you like they're cheating basically i mean it's not cheating but it feels like shortcutting where they're like, or they don't have to phoning it in and they don't have to work as hard because they're like oh this is an inherently sad situation like you're primed to cry uh, and I'm, i actually did not cry during this film and, and i you know that's a separate thing but i think the biggest issue with this movie is tom hanks and that's not to say he does a terrible job it's just he's so tom hanksy that i think if they were going to do an adaptation it would have been much more interesting to see a character who can disappear and not that again not that tom hanks doesn't have that range but he he has gotten into such like a formulaic mode with his performances or we as an audience have been conditioned to expect certain things out of him and as a byproduct like I said the journey is not as effective so I I I have not seen A Man Called Ove so I can't compare this which is probably good because I think if I had I would have enjoyed this even less I had an okay time I there's nobody in good conscience I'd be like oh you definitely should watch this movie I feel like this is like an older parents like safe movie to recommend where I'm like oh there's nothing spicy in it at all it's very neutral in that sense and I don't particularly find neutral compelling these days unless it's done in a very thoughtful and intentional and creative way this just feels like they were like aim for the middle it'll be fine so I personally am going to give it a 2.7 out of 5 that has been it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a 5 star review or even consider subscribing